welcome to episode 18 of the Badland Girls. I'm Destiny. And I'm Rhea. How's it going, Rhea? It is going. It's June. I can't Finally. believe it. Yeah. I know. It's, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I don't know, I'm not really looking forward to anything. I, I mean, I have a few things I'm looking forward to in July, but June, not a big month for me. What about you? It is also not a big month for me. Uh, I got a lot of stuff done in May and had our birth, had our, we had our first big get together uh, as a game night group for the first time since the pandemic, which was awesome. Yeah. For your birthday. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Um, That was a a blast. That was a lot of fun. But yeah. um, yeah, for June, nah, nothing doing. What do what do you have that you're looking forward to in July? Well, there's Pride. Um, mm. I've decided to go. When is it? What's the actual day? Uh, June or no? Excuse me, July 10th, I believe. Okay. Um, so that'll be fun. And then what else do I have going on? There was something else I can't remember now, but just maybe some stuff with a friend. Okay. Uh, where is Pride held? I don't know where it's held. The Baxter Arena. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. The parade, I think, is still downtown. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been to the parade in years just because it's a matter of the transportation. Getting there early enough has always been a problem. So I don't know if I'll go to the parade this year, but I'll definitely be at the festivities. I have never gone to one of our city's Pride festivals. Um, you know, they've changed a lot over the years and I've only been to Pride maybe three times in my life, but you should, uh, try it out. You know, I think I might. Yeah, it'll be really fun. It'd be great to have you. Okay. <laughs> I'll send you a link for, uh, purchasing a ticket. All right. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, no, um... Pride means a lot to me, but it's it's really hard to celebrate it because it gets so co-opted by corporate interests. I know. It's weird, but I, yeah. I appreciate all the people calling out the corporations, though. That fills me, me with the anti-capitalist joy. Well, <laughs> people have to remember that the first Pride was a riot and that it always kind of was rooted in like an anti-police, anti-capitalist, anti-racism movement. And Mm -hmm. so like, we have to make sure that that isn't changing, you know? Yes. I a hundred percent agree. But I also just love, I love these kind of, um, I, you know, of course you should be proud of your gender identity and your racial identity of year round, regardless. But I love that specific months to just like hyper focus on it and just be like, this is my month. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I've been doing. I've been trying to like celebrate in my own way by honoring the history. Like, just that's that's kind of been my focus for June. And it's probably going to be my focus all summer, just reconnecting with that angry gay side of my life (laughs) (laughs) well that's good i really love how you're how you're celebrating i think that's wonderful thank you yeah just kind of i don't know it kind of just hit me on a whim where i'm like i i never really i don't know i went to pride 
the year before last year they didn't have one last year obviously with the pandemic mm-hmm. and um I don't know. It just feels good to be gay. It feels good to be in a place celebrating that. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was it was a good feeling, and I hope that good feeling continues. Yeah, I probably will just uh, celebrate in the way I celebrated AAPI Month, which is just like you know, uh, reading a lot of uh, queer novels and watching a lot of queer movies and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's also what I'm doing when we talk about our movie. I have a queer movie that I watched just today and uh, I have a kind of a list of movies I want to check out and some movies I want to revisit I think it's time for me to rewatch a lot of classics of the genre and just mm. sort of celebrate like I, I, I can't think of a better word but than to celebrate and sometimes that celebration comes with a lot of I'll, I'll talk about this later but it talks you know there's a lot of painful feelings that come up too mourning and um, having to face injustice and what that entails. And uh, so, you know, it's not all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. Sometimes it is really tough. It's really, you know, mm-hmm. it's not easy. But yeah. I, I think that that's, you know, part of it that we have to embrace and we can't push under the rug. I agree. And also, by the way, uh, Sunshine's Lollipops and Rainbows, written by uh, gay icon Leslie Gore. <laughs> Performed <laughs> by gay icon Leslie Gore. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, before we go on, go on, I'm actually really curious. What was the first queer movie you ever saw? Um, the first one that I remember leaving like a huge impact on me, um, I saw it. In probably the late 90s, but it's a mid-90s movie called Jeffrey with a bunch of straight actors playing gay. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I can't think of it. Stephen Wright? The guy, the guy from Wings that was in the miniseries version of The Shining. It's that guy. Oh, oh, him. Okay, okay. And I, I did I say his name right? I can't. I know his last name's Wright, but I can't remember if his first name's Stephen. Um, we'll find out. But, we'll find out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll Google it later. But anyway, so he's in it. Patrick Stewart. Um, it's got a lot of people in it. But anyway, it's about this man who he's really, really, really afraid of getting AIDS. And so he decides to become celibate. And then he meets the love of his life, this other man who happens to be HIV positive, And it's just him sort of dealing with it. But it's this really silly comedy also. Mm. And it's so... It, I just remember it it like setting my soul on fire in this way of like not nothing got me to come out that young but I was Mm -hmm. close like it it really just sort of changed the way I thought about love and life and death and I don't even know if it's a good movie like I have no idea if it holds up uh but that's the first one I remember having an impact on me wow The first queer movie I ever saw was one of my mom's favorite movies. It's a 90s movie directed by Ang Lee called The Wedding Banquet. And it is about a interracial gay couple um, and his uh, the the uh, Chinese man in the couple. His parents are are coming into the country to visit and they they I think they're coming in because uh the Asian man has decided to marry this woman just for a green card. 
just so she can get her green card. And then her parents, uh, his parents find out about it and they fly in. And it's very awkward because, you know, he's pretending to have a relationship with this woman when he's, you know, closeted to his parents. And while they're out for dinner after the very simple court wedding, uh, the restaurant owner recognizes um, the Asian man's father and he agrees. He volunteers to throw them an elaborate wedding at his restaurant because his father did something for him ages ago. And it's a really interesting movie about family and stuff like that. And it was, I think, the first time my mom... That was the first time I ever saw an Ang Lee movie. And my mom loved it. And it was always on in our house. And I was, like, maybe 10 or 11 the first time I saw it. And I still love it to this day. I have never seen it. I really uh, need to watch it. My first Ang Lee movie was Brokeback Mountain, which... Oh, dude, that movie rules, too. (laughs) Everyone... Everyone that knows me knows I saw that movie six times in the theater, and I am not ashamed. No, it's a good movie. Uh, <laughs> I was actually, now, so now that I know what the first queer movie you saw was, what, what's your favorite? Like, what comes to the top of your mind with, as your favorite queer movie? Oh, gosh. Good question. There's so many. I love, um, well, obviously, like, John Waters movies like Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble. Movies that are sort of like in your face and unapologetic. I like Gregor Rocky's films. um, The Living End comes to mind, especially as a favorite. Uh, Movies that are like not perfect portrayals of being gay. I've never been interested in that. I've never been interested in the movies that make us look good. I've always been interested in the messy. Um, So stuff like that. Uh... Duck Butter, which is about this uh, lesbian couple trying to spend 24 hours together and they barely know each other and all the problems that arise with that. And uh, Bound, which is a noir film by the Wachowskis. And uh, I have so many, so many favorites. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to revisit a lot of them this this summer and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Man, I haven't seen Bound in a fucking million years. I should rewatch that. <laughs> we watched it fairly recently for repertory screenings, and it still holds up. It's a tight movie. Fuck. Yes, I yeah. love that. I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Like, it's cheesy in some spots, but that's kind of part of the charm. Mm. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get into our regulars and talk about this movie you watched that you want to talk about. So what was it? Yes. I watched The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson, which I believe came out in about 2017. Um, I didn't look up the name of the filmmakers, but they did the movie How to Survive a Plague, which is a vital documentary about the act up anti-AIDS movement in uh, the 80s and 90s well all through the 70s 80s and 90s but like mainly obviously the 80s and 90s Mm. um but yeah it's it's sort of following this activist victoria cruz who was a contemporary of marcia p johnson's um i guess for those of you who don't know marcia p johnson was like the reason stonewall happened like just part of the action she wasn't alone but the sort of like group of trans and homeless and drag people that were there and started the whole movement in America at least and like there was a riot and then the next day there was a parade and 
the cries of gay liberation now kind of shook the streets. But anyway, um, what horrible, what was horrible was that she was murdered and they ruled it a suicide. Like they found her body in 1992 in the Hudson river, I believe. And it's just never been properly solved. There's never been any like justice for her. And so the movie, yeah. And so the movie follows um, Victoria Cruz as she tries to like get the case reopened and it's really frustrating. It's one of the most frustrating things because she just keeps hitting all these walls and the movie kind of ends on this like unresolved sort of thing. And it also ties in like, you know, the lives of the other people that were there, like Sylvia Rivera and just all kinds of people who were there at the beginning who, you know, are all either old or dead now and how they need to be remembered and also ties it into the violence that mainly black transgender women still face by trying to survive like the resistance and the awful violence that they face on a regular Mm. basis and how sometimes when you know they catch these people that do these horrible things to them they don't get a lot of jail time there's a lot of stupid defenses that are put up and it's not fair and the movie kind of goes into that like it was just really like it i could cry i could cry like Mm -hmm. that's all i could say it's 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 really frustrating yeah i know you know I what think only a couple states have uh, repealed a, a law that allows the defense of, like, they tricked me. Yeah, that panic defense. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's What the fuck? Why is that even on the book? I hate this country. I know. <laughs> it's. I mean, there's some pretty fucked up and backwards ways of viewing transgender people that are still... I mean, obviously, just look at the laws that are popping up now in the South against, mm. like, trans healthcare and i i just encourage people to keep their eyes open and fight the good fight and don't let this sort of shit slide because yeah it, it's not going away unless we do something exactly and uh the power of the people is always the strongest power of all yeah so, uh i believe that to the to my core beliefs that have just grown over the past uh uh, four or five years oh yeah like i feel like everybody's become a little radicalized mm-hmm. or maybe a lot radicalized in these last <laughs> yeah. four or five years and if you haven't maybe it's time to wake up so yeah <laughs> destiny says wake up motherfuckers so that means you have to wake up <laughs> so. well uh, where where is this at where can we find this movie uh i it was on netflix i watched it on netflix thank and you the- all the streaming sites have busted out their pride sections for this summer. So I just encourage you to dive in, like watch all kinds of stuff, watch comedies, watch documentaries, watch sad dramas, watch messy period films that, you know, just watch everything and, and you can decide for yourself what resonates with you and yeah, learn, learn about queerness and queer history and, queer lives in the contemporary like just immerse yourself in it watch at least one john waters film please 
please, just as a Battling Girls <laughs> side request, they just put Pink Flamingos on uh, the Criterion channel for oh, Pride. Yeah. So I'm rewatching <laughs> yes. that. I'm rewatching that very soon. Uh, and Multiple Maniacs has been on there for a long time. So if you it haven't has. seen Multiple Maniacs, please treat yourself yeah. uh trigger warning it's it's got some fucked up shit in it but <laughs> yeah it's worth watching just because it's very like counterculture trash culture queerness don't give a fuck and it's important yeah that that don't give a fuckness is very important yes <laughs> oh man well, the last movie I watched, I watched a bunch of different movies of varying levels of uh, good and bad. I watched Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder, which was okay. Tignataro was the highlight of it. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, side note, put Tignataro in all your genre f- things, please. I want her to, like, <laughs> lead an action movie. Like, because, damn. I love That's her. fabulous. <laughs> like, that makes me so happy. <laughs> Um, and then I watched, uh, the new Conjuring film, which I liked. I, it had a, a, a unique twist to it that actually, Destiny, I think you will really enjoy. So definitely check that one out. Okay. I'm, I've been a, since the beginning. So I, uh, am, de- this movie's on my list. Okay, cool. And then I watched, uh, this film called Nobody, which I hadn't heard of. It's with Bob Odenkirk from the producers of John Wick. And it's kind of just like a really bloody action movie. And it's a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. But um, the movie I want to talk about is just dropped Raya and the last dragon, which is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever fucking seen. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. What's it about? So it is uh you can, I can tell just in the way the the design of it and the lore, it, it reminded me a lot of Nausicaa. And it kind of takes place, it takes place in this kind of fantasy world that has fallen into a dystopia after this evil force called the Droon has escaped and turned everyone, most of the population into stone. And the people of this area, Kumadra, They used to exist in harmony, but now they are all fractured and untrusting of one another ever since the dragons got turned to stone as well. And Raya, our hero, is on a mission to find the last dragon, which she does. This is not a spoiler. It's in the trailers. And uh, the last dragon is Aquafina, playing this beautiful uh, dragon called Sisu. And their their mission to... uh, reunite the um this orb this dragon magic orb so that they can reunite so they can save everybody who turned to stone and then also hopefully reunite the lands and it was just such a really great movie about different cultures like they weren't all like the same asian generic culture it felt like avatar the last airbender in that sense where you kind of got felt really views. diverse yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was super funny and just so gorgeously animated. I'm really loving this uh, this trend in current Disney movies where they don't have a traditional, like, uh, twirling mustache villain. 
it's very Ghibli of them to do that. And the last handful of Disney animated films I've seen have done this. Even Frozen 2 did this. And uh, I, I'm really, I was really impressed with just the story. It was very touching. And just, I really loved Raya. Um, and I, I really loved Sisu the dragon. It's my second favorite dragon after Falcor from NeverEnding Story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just a beautiful film. I, I, I enjoyed it immensely. That's cool. I'm going to have to check it out. I don't know who my favorite dragon is. I might have a problematic answer. It might be uh, Mushu from Mulan. Dude, that's a great dragon, though. And it's an Asian (laughs) dragon because Asian dragons are better. I've decided (laughs) this after watching Raya. (laughs) Uh, I mean, all dragons are pretty cool, but Asian dragons are definitely special in in this house. Um. (laughs) I just like the design of them. The the kind of like serpent-like flowing nature of how uh, an Asian dragon looks. Definitely. Oh man, Mushu is my favorite. That's such a good one, Destiny. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I know that movie's riddled with problems, but it it holds a special place in my heart. Oh, it does for me too. I saw it young and yeah. Um, Yeah, well, cool. Gonna have to check out that movie. I've been bad at watching. Yeah, it was on for a bit. And then it just okay. hit streaming. So, like, streaming. If you have, if you have Disney+, Plus, you can stream it now. So, Okay. It's not one of the extra ones. Yeah, yeah. Where you have to pay extra. Okay. Which I will only right. do for Black Widow, by the way. Um, oh, really? Yes. I haven't done it for any of their movies, but they got me. They got me with that dumb Black Widow. <laughs> I am going to pay that dumb, expensive, premium-ass price because I have been waiting for this dumb-ass movie for over a year. Hey, that's all right. Sometimes you got, they, they get you with one. They'll probably get me with one. I'm sure I'm waiting. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to. Oh, bad girl. girl. That's, that's my, my jam. jam. Destiny. What's your jam? My jam. Cause I'm just having one of those sad gay weeks is, uh, the new Shushu single called killing distance. Oh shit, I didn't know they had a new single. Yep. Ooh. So it's pretty good. It's very like, well, you know, it's electronic and it's weird and it's Shushu. Mm, yeah. We saw Shushu together at the waiting room and it was a very good live show. Yes, my friends Luke and Ben were also there and it was like one of the coolest things ever. Like, I, ooh, one of the top live experiences of my life, I think. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, good, great show. Great. I show. think you gave me a pot cupcake at that show. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we both imbibed. <laughs> just to just to set the scene, everybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a good time. Yeah. Oh my god, what a great performance, and I really love Shushu nice what's Uh, your jam unsurprising it's smooth like butter like a criminal undercover it is bts's new english single butter i i haven't heard this yet oh i played it for you at my birthday party oh my god you totally did (laughs) ria's birthday party had this undercurrent of being bts themed that was really fun yes uh to go into that for a second um 
I wanted to kind of have this BTS kind of like undercurrent birthday party and I had prizes and like favors and they were all BTS themed. And so we play a lot of games like uh, Jackbox games and some I made up and Destiny just slam dunked the entire room with her music knowledge on my <laughs> guess the music uh, quiz game. Yeah, she had a Rio themed name that tune where she would play a few seconds of a song and we had to guess what it was. And I got like 19 out of 37 of them. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I remember later uh, Rebecca said, she's like, I would get a little out of my head, but before I could even formulate what it was, Destiny was calling out her name and saying what the song title was. But uh, the ultimate prize of the night was a Suga doll who is a member of BTS, which Destiny now owns. <laughs> yep. It's still in the box. I got it on my bookshelf. I don't Bless know what you. I'm going to do with it, but it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, as somebody who only casually listens to BTS, I wish I was like <laughs> a bigger fan. But yeah, no, I also have a photo of him in my wallet because Rhea gave out photos of random members. <laughs> And I, was just like, I did. I had these here. photo cards and I made everyone choose one. And uh, um, I think my favorite line it was Matt said, uh, I got the Korean one. And but yeah, that was uh, this song is uh, very good. Um, I saw a Tumblr post because I follow some random BTS blogs and like they were doing kind of a jokey a post where the dynamite single from last year was saying who are you to the butter single and then the butter single i'm you but stronger and i'm like that's a good um <laughs> uh, that's a good definition for this song which i feel uh is more in tune with their kind of musical style than dynamite was and i love dynamite so that's hard for me to say but it's a lot it's a really fun pop song if you want a fun pop song there it is and the music nice. video is very bright and colorful and fun I do remember that from your birthday party. Yes. I did do this one quiz where uh, I had them guess who my bias was, true or false. And it was just two members who aren't my bias with their shirts lifted up. And I got a lot of angry uh, reactions when the second one wasn't my bias. Uh, yeah, we never did false. find out. We didn't find out that night who your bias was. No, you didn't. <laughs> It's a mystery. It is an eternal mystery. I don't know. I'll never oh. know. Oh, man. I also learned that uh, all my friends are... I, 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 knew, I knew this on a deep level, but they're all hardcore um, Planet of the Apes fans, and I got uh, slam dunked into the trash can for not choosing that as my favorite uh, plot twist in a movie. So... <laughs> was your plot twist it was something like really surprising for all of us yeah it was the scream one yeah we were like that's it that's your surprise okay <laughs> uh, it's because uh, when i was little i saw that movie when i was little and it blew my mind <laughs> okay that's fair that's how i feel about the sixth sense <laughs> yeah i saw uh, it young the whole movie i was like what <laughs> then it and it just oh. I remember talking with my mom in great detail going through the whole movie and this is why this was like this and this is why this was like this and just oh, yeah I, love okay. that. I had one of those too so okay not so bad yeah 
Uh, but I do love finding, I always love finding out how many, like, uh, Planet of the Apes fans exist out in the wild because I don't, I don't, I don't talk about it very much, so it's always fun to see. Uh, who else is? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let us get into the meat, the vegan meat and the vegan potatoes of this episode. So... I think we might have had an episode about him before, right, Destiny? We did. We definitely did because we we're, we're we're fans of this person, and yeah. and 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 he's disappointed us. He's betrayed us. Yes. So we are going to have another episode about Joss Whedon, uh, which is now we're going to have it in light of the multiple allegations of sexual harassment that have been uh, uh, thrown at him and he's pretty much retreated from the public eye and lost a lot of deals on projects and just kind of just talk about, I'm curious, my biggest thing is I'm curious to know because one of the things I've been doing is I have been going back at his catalog and like really reevaluating some story decisions he made that kind of have a darker tone to them now that this has all come out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, somebody else pointed this out. Like, I read this somewhere. Like, a lot of the darker stuff that comes from, like, later seasons of Buffy, it's, like, all women gaining powers through trauma. Mm-hmm. And I never really, like, thought about that before. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, like, uh, let's take one of his uh, popular tropes, which is not even a... uh, Well, I didn't think it was until recently. But it's him killing off a beloved character in a sudden and shocking way. Mm -hmm. Now, if we analyze how many of people died out of of this, uh, most of them are women that have died in this sudden and shocking way. We have Kendra in Buffy, who was the other slayer that Buffy met. Uh, we have um, Tara from Buffy as well. Um, Buffy's mother. So that's already three. Uh, Je- nope. What was her name? Jenny? Uh, Jenny Calendar? Yes. Yes. And then, uh, so that's already not looking great. Um, the only two men I can think of off the top of my head, the probably most, the most uh, memorable one is Wash from Serenity Movie. And then Coulson from Avengers. And I don't know if that one counts because <laughs> he ended up leading a seven series long show after he died, so to speak. So I don't know. I, I've just been thinking a lot about how like even that kind of gives me the creeps nowadays. Like just knowing that, you know, most of his like surprise shock deaths have been women. Penny in fucking Dr. Horrible. <laughs> well, the one that comes to mind uh, and actually touches on a lot of that behind the scenes shit is Cordelia. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that one's bad. Like, I don't think Joss Whedon invented killing off women, killing off beloved characters, but when you look at the way he treated Chris Carpenter. And she requested, don't kill off Cordelia. And he just, like, totally did it anyway. 
out of uh being angry with her for what like i don't know the reasons are conflicting i'm seeing like conflicting things um from her being pregnant and him not being cool with that to him just like there might have been i don't know there might have been other stuff going on there's all kinds of stuff i'm not gonna get into it but killing her off after she was such a huge part of buffy and then being a huge part of angel and it's like you're just doing this out of spite. It, it's not even good writing. Just real shitty. Yeah. Are you talking about like her going into the coma in the fourth season or when he brought her back for the hundredth episode in the fifth season? I'm talking about killing her off after having her in a coma. Okay. Yeah. That's the one like that one is, is the one that grosses me out too, because why would you have such a, like, knowing the, what was going on behind the scenes just makes that even more sad to me. That that mm-hmm. he was willing to let the story suffer because of his personal vendetta against an actress. Like, get a grip. My goodness. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've been thinking about uh, recently is... Um, uh, I've been thinking about Firefly a lot, and this kind of goes into his kind of faux feminism, which people have been kind of picking apart uh, at him for many years, even before any of this stuff came out. But like, you know, in in the uh, in Firefly, Inara, who was played by Marina Baccarin, in this in this future, uh, sex work is legal and actually a respected position. And Marina Baccarin holds character, and Nara holds a lot of power because she is a professional sex worker. And instead of exploring this from a kind of sex positive angle where, you know, Anara is kind of respected and maybe even a little feared, instead we have the main character, Mal, uh, with an archaic idea, idea of her work is lowly and disgusting. And he constantly kind of criticizes her kind of half jokingly to her face about her profession. And it's just always go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say he's always disrespecting her. Yeah. And it's just such a stupid thing where it's like you had, you know, you don't get a bonus point just for having a sex work be legal and respected. If your main character thinks it's dumb and disrespects her at every turn. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Firefly is a weird one because it also has the problem of like making Asian culture sort of like this. I can't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like there's a lot of, racial problems with that show too like there's no asian people in it but like everyone's speaking chinese and Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of problems and i know he tried to rectify that with putting asian characters in dollhouse but that show already had problems because of the plot being about people being used for their bodies and the sexualization of women there and i don't know it's just a big mess like i feel like people relied too much on him instead of having like consultants and 
people they could have run things that actually know things about being sex workers or about being Asian and about being sex positive that weren't consulted that could have been. That's a very, very good point. I do feel like he coasted for his whole career just by saying, I'm a feminist and having the quote unquote evidence of a majority of women loving and respecting his work that he never like had the sensitivity to even hire like a sensitivity reader or person to kind of consult, like you said, on certain aspects of the show, which just kind of goes to show like his extreme arrogance and how he was kind of like uh, unjustly prideful about this, uh, about his feminist status when he really has done nothing to earn it because behind the scenes he was just being a piece of shit fucker like and, everyone else in Hollywood. And like, I know that feminism, at least like that corporatized, sanitized version of feminism in the 90s was just, it's a cool girl that can fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what passed for feminism for a long, long time. And so that, you know, was giving him like the accolades as well. But we grew out of that as a culture, I feel like. And he's still getting like, you know, like, or at least that model of that type of strong woman is still being lauded as like capital F feminist, which is that's riddled with problems. It really is. It's just, it's such a simplistic view of things. And it's like, uh, it's very frustrating, but I feel like we're slowly kind of crawling out of it. And, uh, but it's like the most archaically, like slow crawl I've ever seen. But I just, one of the things that I noticed after all this stuff came out is that, I don't know, I think that he was already kind of coasting. Uh, it made me realize that he his stories have limitations. Let's put it that way. And I kind of realized that he has not, uh, I've been watching on and off the his latest show, uh, on HBO that he was kicked off of because of the allegations from Ray Fisher and Chris mm-hmm. McCarpenter, uh, the nevers, which is an HBO show. And the nevers, um, is basically, uh, takes all its kind of like highlight reels from his other more acclaimed shows. So there's two women, two white women in the starring role. One of them is super fucking strong. One of them's a nerd Neither of them, even though it would have been super easy to make them gay, are gay. So it's so missed opportunity there. And it's Mm. very obviously Buffy and Willow. Uh, There are a lot of supporting side characters of color that don't have any lines. And don't hardly add anything to the plot except to make the background look more diverse. And then on top of that, you have... Uh, The same thing's happening where, you know, an innocent white woman who is, uh, you know, important and pure gets killed tragically in front of everyone else. And it felt vaguely familiar. And then it, he, uh, there's a big twist at the end of the first, so it's uh, two parts that are split into six episodes each. And the first six episode arc just ended. 
And um, there was a huge twist at the end of this first part that was completely just ripped off from the huge twist at uh, in Dollhouse. Uh, and I just, I'm just, I, I saw that. And while it was interesting, I'm, at the same time, I'm like, everything I was seeing, I'm like, has been done before in a previous show. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he, uh, rested on his laurels with the one, he's a one hit wonder, I guess Mm. is what I'm trying to say. That's a great way of putting it. Oh my God. I'll always have a special heart, special place in my heart for like Buffy and Angel. Those will always be my favorite shows, but like they're tainted in a lot of ways just from knowing how he wasn't allowed to be on the set alone with Michelle Trachenberg and he said all that shit about Chris McCarpenter being fat when she was pregnant and all that shit with Ray Fisher on the set of the um, Justice League and Mm -hmm. it's tainted now and it sucks. Yeah. Um, I think what makes it worse is just the fact that he claimed, you know, he was for us and, and, and with us. And I'm just like, you're just as bad. Like that's, you're just as bad. I trust you less. And I'm like, this is mm-hmm. like, there's been a lot of high profile, um, white men feminists who have recently been revealed to be shitty pieces of shit. To the point where if I see a white man proudly um, parading around his feminism, I immediately distrust him. Yeah. Like, they always say that's the red flag. (laughs) Yeah, God. (laughs) And it's like, it shouldn't have to be this way. No. It really shouldn't. And I'm with you there. Like, uh, my shows for um, Josh shows are Buffy and Firefly. Because I really did like Firefly quite a bit. I loved it, too. Mm. But I also just feel like, yeah, I mean, there was definitely, uh, you know, he had he had some interesting things that he did with his work. But honestly, like the only reason I haven't, you know, burned my Buffy doll in a little pyre, little fire, is because uh, of all the other people who contributed good work to that show. Yeah, there was lots of the, all the actors. I mean, I don't know how Charisma did it. She deserves a fucking trophy for right. all the shit she went through. Uh, but yeah. just like all the actors I loved, all the writers I loved, you know, they they made that show what it was. And I think one of the best things about, you know, Joss kind of being revealed as a piece of shit is, well, of course, the best thing is that he'll never work again, hopefully. Asshole. And then uh, Mm -hmm. the second best thing is it kind of takes away the facade of, like, the soul visionary. He's not no fucking soul visionary. Right, yeah. There's no such thing. Not in an industry where you have to collaborate to get things done. Yeah. Uh, I I really want to get rid of this. (laughs) Because... That that narrative, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I... Because I feel like there are just so many other people that just work on that shit in Hollywood to make it what it is that putting everything on one person is offensive to all the hard credit. people that work. I'm sorry. They don't get any credit. Those people. Yeah. And it's yeah. not fair. Yeah. And like, as we know, like 
Like, I think if I went back, if I went back and watched Buffy, I think even without knowing who wrote it, I could pick out which Joss episodes were which because they probably have his creepy little hands all over it, just in the way <laughs> he tells the story. And mm-hmm. go ahead. yeah, when I was rewatching it with M, M would always point out like this show isn't actually that feminist, and this show doesn't actually have women's best interests at heart. And there's like all this problematic shit, and I'd be like, huh, yeah, I guess I never really <laughs> thought of it that way. Um, yeah. And like never noticed until I rewatched it with a new eye. Yeah. Like I said, I I am not. It was kind of already like. Um, I just I I was to be honest with you, I was kind of already kind of like distancing myself from him after his ex wife came out and talked about how Joss gaslit her for their entire marriage. Yeah, and, no, that was the first sign that there was something like, or the first thing I saw at least that there was something amiss. Like mm-hmm. hearing that from her. I'm surprised that didn't hurt him more. Yeah, I am also surprised, but eh, who knows? Uh, but I'm really glad that Ray Fisher came out and and said something, and I'm really happy that um, that Charisma Carpenter came forward and said something. I feel like that was really important, and um, props forever uh, to to those people for doing that because I know it's dangerous. Even a uh, what's her face Wonder Woman. Uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah, she came out and said that he threatened her career on uh, Justice League. And uh, she went to the higher-ups, though, and and got him to shut up. But, like, some of the stuff that she said he said to her was frightening. And What uh, an egomaniac. Yeah. It was... It's scary. And, like, not only that, but just, like, knowing... Like, I, I read that really long Zack Snyder... Vanity Fair uh, interview when the four-hour Justice League cut dropped on HBO, which I still haven't watched because it's four hours and I don't want to dedicate time to it. I actually enjoyed it and I was very surprised because I am so sick of superhero movies. <laughs> oh, shit! Fuck! Okay. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Tracy was and I never... telling me a couple days ago, like, you need to watch it. But now that you've said it, I'm like, and you don't like superhero movies. Well, now I really need to watch it. Yeah. It's not that I don't like them because I always enjoy them when I'm sitting through them. I just, there's so many of them. And like, God, somebody tried to show me the Loki trailer the other day. And they were like, well, you can't watch this trailer because you need context. So you got to watch the other trailer to get the context. And it's just like, <laughs> I, that's just like the I, worst I, thing to say to you. Yeah, like, I'm so sick of having to watch movies to get context for other movies. And, like, it being all connected was really cool at first. But now I'm just, like, tired of it. No, I get it, girl. That's one of the (laughs) things I love about you. Are you kidding me? (laughs) We can't all love them. And I need to have you have that foot in reality for me. (laughs) I appreciate your appreciation. Because sometimes I feel like a complete alien. Because all my friends are going on about these movies. And I'm like... I didn't even see the last, like, two Avengers movies. I didn't see the last... Like, I just I just stopped caring. And and it's not really... Some of those movies are fun, but I just... I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a total side tangent to what we're talking about. But I really... I don't know what else to say about Joss that I could say, but we just kind of renounce our 
worship of him and we wanted to put something out publicly that sort of you know said that you know we thought he was great and and he betrayed us and we wanted to show our support with the people that have these allegations against him and most of them are true if not all of them so you know don't hitch your wagon to the you know men just because people say they're great men like usually it's the case that they're not i don't have anything else to add because i feel like destiny just said it perfectly well thanks (laughs) you're welcome and to go back to superheroes for a bit if you ever want to go back into it okay i don't know what friend made you watch all the context for loki but like if you ever are interested in going back into it, I will say the Disney Plus series are really good. Uh, I want to watch WandaVision. I just got to make time for it. I wouldn't even say start with WandaVision. I'd say start with uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's shorter. Okay. It's six episodes. And it deals a lot with um, race and stuff that I I was shocked. It was well done. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. I might, I don't know. I, 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 they're on a list and if I get to it, I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I'd say start with that one, but maybe I think you might enjoy WandaVision more because WandaVision was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. So we wanted to, yeah, I like, like I said, I can't say it better than what Destiny said. Um, I just think that, you know, it's just like, I hope that this, I'm happy we live uh, I'm happy we we live in a time where, you know, these actors feel somewhat safe coming forward. I know a lot of them don't, but I think of like Tippi Hendren and how she didn't say anything for decades about the abuse that she and harassment she suffered from Alfred Hitchcock and how it literally ruined her career because of it, because uh, he was so um, controlling and obsessed with her. And... I'm so, I know it's hard still because it's just such a cutthroat industry and so old fashioned and, and like paranoid about stuff like this. So I really, really uh, commend everyone who's brave enough to come out and risk their careers to say, to help, to help take these people down and help, you know, some marginalized voices who don't have the power to say that kind of stuff and not get erased from Hollywood. Right. Yeah. And yeah, no, that's really true. Like, I don't really have anything to add to that. Yeah. And also, uh, just eternal hats off to Carrie Fisher, who, uh, when she found out a screenwriter friend of hers was getting harassed by an exec in Hollywood, sent him a pig's tongue and said, don't you ever (laughs) talk to my friend again, you fucker. (laughs) She did that. (laughs) Yes, she did. That is amazing. We need more people willing to just threaten people. No, I mean, yeah. that may be, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. We need more people willing to speak out is what we need. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, um, and yeah. Well, happy pride, everyone. <laughs> happy pride. Justice for Marsha. Yes. Uh, free Palestine. Oh my god, yes. Um, oh my goodness. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Just get yeah. into all the slogans. <laughs> if, if you didn't know, 
now you know where we stand on these yes. things. Um, stop Asian hate, please. Uh, the first Pride Rizzle riot. <laughs> is there anything? Is there any place like to donate money for the Get Justice for Marsha? Ooh, I don't know, but I mean, what you should do is Google whether or not your town has any sort of um, trans youth centers. Oh, that's great. Yes. Um, because the homeless rate among like, like LGBTQ plus youth is like really high. They get kicked out of their homes. Some of them have to run away from abuse. Um, and if there's anything like that in your town, I know black and pink is starting housing in Omaha. So if you want to donate to black and pink or like any, if, if you're listening to this and you don't live in Omaha, maybe like there's something that you can donate to for trans youth like look look into that and and put your money there yes that's wonderful uh and uh you know email us uh at babblinggirls at gmail.com if you have things to say about uh places to recommend movies and queer movies to recommend yeah we want to hear your recommendations we want to hear if you have any like betrayal stories of somebody that you loved and proved to be problematic um oh yeah for sure that's always that interesting um but yeah badlandgirls at gmail.com yeah and we're on the abnormal mapping network and you can find our podcast at abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls and destiny has another podcast on the network called repertory screenings right yep that's yes. it we're Next episode is on Eyes Wide Shut. We just did an episode on the Coen's classic Barton Fink, Ooh. one of my favorite movies. Oh, love that movie. Uh, that's another thing I want to do this summer is just, I've seen all but like two movies in their filmography. The Coen's. Holy shit. So what two haven't yeah. you seen? I have never seen Intolerable Cruelty and I've never seen ugh, the one with Tom Hanks. I'm blanking out on the name of it. Oh, where he's like a Southern guy? Yeah, that movie. <laughs> okay. I don't know the name of it either. <laughs> yeah, but I've never seen those. And so once I see those, I will have seen everything. Wow, that's awesome. We'll have to follow <laughs> up on this. Um, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Um, Yeah. So uh, do that. I can't wait to hear. I want to know what you think of Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, I had a professor that called it uh, a movie made by Stanley Kubrick fanboys. <laughs> wow so like, yeah i know <laughs> wow that's mean i it's so mean uh, it's so mean i've never seen it before so i'm really excited like okay. beyond okay. excited so i will let you know as soon as i watch it oh and you can find us on your favorite podcasts catching up like apple podcasts and spotify and stitcher uh but we will be back in a couple weeks to talk about more stuff. So until next time. Always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>